my name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf, where we go through DVDs and talk about movies in my collection. In this episode, Sarah Beagle returns and we talk about Aeon Flux. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yay. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about Aeon Flux, the, um, not to be confused with the horrible Charlize Theron uh, movies that came out in the early 2000s. But we're talking about the actual original animated series that that really bad movie is based on. The collection that I have, I actually didn't realize it was as small as it was because I know I've watched them before. But it turns out it's only like six shorts and 10 actual full length episodes that was released over like four years, which kind of blows my mind. But yeah, these were originally aired on MTV's uh, liquid television. I guess that was the beginning of that point in time where MTV just started showing shows instead of actual music videos. And they did have that habit of like repeating stuff endlessly. So like that probably helped the fact that they only had 10 episodes. Oh, very. Because they just showed it every night. Yeah, <laughs> that's very, very true. Um, because they had um, Aeon Flux, they had The Max as well. Then later on they brought in like the something called the oddities then it was turned into like the head and the oblongs and a bunch of other different shows that were like weird subversive animated things that were just on a different level i'm team daria all the way <laughs> well yeah we can never forget about daria um but daria was on yeah it I wasn't think, liquid yeah, yeah like i think it was like on because i think liquid television started at like 11 p.m or something and like daria was like yeah. Part of their like um prime, prime time. time, you know, with like Beavis and Butthead and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so so back to Aeon Flux. Uh so so what did you think? Um, it was like it was definitely a precursor to a lot of others ninety material to mm. come out. Like the whole time I was watching it, uh my partner Jeff just kept commenting, he's like, This looks like the Animatrix. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, actually, the animator who did Aeon Flux did one of the episodes for the Animatrix. I know. He looked it up while I was watching it. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was Peter Chung, and yeah. he did the Animatrix, and it makes total sense. And even, like, I feel like it influenced other things that happened, like, in terms of sci-fi in the 90s. Like, even the Matrix. Like, some of, like, the physical elements, like, the weird bugs going through the belly button and, like... There's like sci-fi elements there that I feel like were inspired from like weird sci-fi, like experimental sci-fi in the 70s. You kind of felt that a little, like, do you remember that movie Fantastic Planet? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this, I don't know why, but this uh, series reminded me a lot of Fantastic Planet because it's kind of like ambiguous. Like you don't really know like a concrete storyline in terms Mm. of like, and there's no, not it's not very linear. It seems to be kind of like chopped up into bits yes and uh and like there's some weird relationship between aliens and humans and like and otherly worldly creatures and but they only bring up aliens in literally one episode i thought there was more than one alien what about the god alien yeah that's the only one they brought it up but what about when they're in the submarine and they're uh, submerged in that underwater thing yeah and do you remember those like guys eating in the canteen Aren't those aliens? No, I thought those were just all... Because it's a society where people enhance themselves with, like, um, 
with uh what biotechnology and like give themselves extra arms and abilities and stuff so those were like genetically modified humans not genetically like um surgically modified humans the the ones that look like like the green family like the green babies and the green parents oh those things oh that's right yeah and what about like the the last episode with like the the structure even though it turns out to be people at the end but, yeah but it like it, it first appears as aliens they come from outer space yeah they've hit by, by the ray they have uh-huh. poisoning yeah no are but they, they aliens no technically <laughs> they are an a species that has evolved from human beings okay yeah so they are technically not aliens okay right? so i never consider them to be aliens because that's the whole point is that by the end she wakes up, you know, in the future and they're all over the place, but it's yeah. actually because everybody just evolved into that state of being, right? <laughs> um, and I think the the quote unquote alien that they meet at the beginning of that episode is actually just a version of human beings who were on another planet, but evolved faster or their evolution started earlier. And then they turned into that and they came to Earth. Like oh. that's how it was. Not really aliens, they're just evolutionary distant distant humans yes yeah the next version it's the like, next iteration it's like us hanging out with like monkeys and apes like <laughs> you know in that scenario we're the monkeys and apes hominid homin, what's it called hominid version 5.0 or something something like that yeah yeah <laughs> i think so um but what about the there's that episode where they have like the consciousness uh, inserted into them and then um, what is it? The custodian? Do you remember that? Yes. And so uh, that seemed to be like one of the dividing factors between like, what are they called? The Moroccans or... Uh, no, but wasn't the and whole... And the Breen? Like, yeah, but wasn't the whole thing was that one city was actually... What is that guy's name? Hold on. Trevor? Yes. Trevor Goodchild. That's it. Yeah. Trevor Goodchild. The whole point is that he was in control of one city um, that was walled off. And if you're in that city, you weren't allowed to leave. And people from outside weren't allowed to come in. And it was all about controlling and making the perfect society in this one walled place, right? And then, like, the custodians were to make the people within that city perfect, perfect, quote-unquote. Okay. And that's all it was, right? I thought for some reason, I don't know why, where this interpretation came from, but I thought like for some reason the brain had inherited like an alien type host, which is what made them different from regular people. Mm. I don't know. That's not what I got from the story. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just overly interpreting. Maybe I'm just thinking Fantastic Planet. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's exactly but what But also, it, is, yeah. it reminded me so much of other 90s sci-fi. And mm. also, very recent sci-fi that yeah. maybe it's just like mixing up in my well, mind. Because a lot of sci-fi <laughs> right now, especially when... Like, they like to... Like, one thing I realized about this show is that I keep trying to figure out if the society they live in is supposed to be a utopia or if it's a dystopia. And the thing is, is that Good Child is trying his best to make it a utopia, but the only way he can make it a utopia is to control every aspect of it. And the whole series about him failing to control every aspect of it. That's what the episodes are about, and that's why Aeon Flux comes in. It was like... I'm sabotaging this because people need to have free will and and the ability to be people. And so within that, I mean, for him, it's a utopia 
But I guess for everybody else who doesn't want to be part of it, it can be viewed as a dystopia because it's like, you know, it they have no control. They're being rep- like oppressed. They can't go places. They can't do things that they want to do. And, but, you know, but the city is pretty kind of thing. You know. But even within their utopia, I thought this was so interesting. I think it was like the first episode. Mm-hmm. It was probably my favorite episode because uh, he has like the president or whatever captured. Yes. And uh, the, he, the president is revealed to be like this blithering, psychotic idiot. Mm. <laughs> and But he's like trying to suppress his will so that he could inject his. Yes. And I was just like, so even within his world, like his leader is still a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that we all know too well at this point. In <laughs> I was time. like, "Oh, did you predict this? <laughs> is this where we're going?" But I mean, the, he did use his big gut as a portal to store a, address, a, a store. Yeah, it's a storage space, really. <laughs> um, a purple garment. Yeah, uh, for it to to showcase his love for Aeon Flux. So that whole thing was just so weird. Is that what that was? Yeah. Well, because that dress was for Aeon Flux. That's oh. what he what kept every time he went in there, he would just go on about Aeon and the outfit and then when Aeon found it she kept going on about oh Trevor you shouldn't have and blah 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 <laughs> yeah that whole thing was just weird <laughs> it was like it was like the Batman and the Catwoman unappro- inappropriate like love relationship and obsession <laughs> kind of thing um, mind you Batman and Catwoman got married the other day in a comic book did they? So, yeah oh. they did. Um, I'm not, I didn't read it, so I'm not exactly sure how it worked because I'm like, did they take up, like, I know they know who each other's like real people are, but who do you invite to that wedding? Do you <laughs> get married as like Batman and Catwoman or Obviously. do you get married as Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle? Or is it a weird combination of unmasking in front of people? Like how does that work exactly? You know, that's very, all the mothers named Margaret in the DC universe are invited. <laughs> Dead and alive. Dead. They just, like, the, you know, the, the zombie versions of the Dead Ones show. They're like, you know, uh, Superman starts to cry. Like, oh, you know. Superman would be there crying anyways. That is true. I bet you he's a total sap at weddings. I would not be surprised. He could not keep himself one. together for that. No, there is no way. Lois um, would just be like, oh, get over it. Yeah, because he is, like... Uh, what is it? A Boy Scout, right? Like he's he's into helping people and he's into showing emotions. He's into the whole. He'll be prepared, so he'll have his box of tissue with him. Oh yeah. Um, but he is going to cry like a baby. <laughs> also, Robin's gonna be crying a lot too. I feel like. Sorry, which one? Uh, which one are we talking about? Hmm, what is the latest one? one? Well, cause well, Dick Grayson's dead, right? No, isn't it Drake that's dead? Oh, I don't know. Oh, is he yeah, Nightwing? One, yeah, one of them's oh, Nightwing. Okay. Yeah, no, the second one's dead because he was killed by the Joker. Right. That was the whole killing joke thing. Um, where Joker got all rapey and stuff. Which Ooh. I found really... Which I actually thought was really weird because I, I know the Joker's psychotic, but I never... He, he was never sexually psychotic, so I always thought that whole thing was odd. Yeah. Um, and the animated version of it was just unpleasant to <laughs> yeah that would be awful in. did mark um, hamill voice that actually i think he did oh, yeah i think oh. he did because there's drake then there's well there's the year one girl where robin's like a girl i like the the new robin i think uh he should or no i'm thinking the new spider-man i'm sorry oh 
<laughs> black guy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The gay black guy. Or is he Puerto Rican? Is he Puerto Rican? What's his name again? Uh, I can't remember. Because isn't, isn't, was it, like, because there was a big campaign about Donald Glover playing the new Superman, um, Superman, the new uh, Spider-Man, because he, like, they wanted him to be that character. Yeah, it would be great. And, um... But then he didn't get it, and that's why he got a role in the Spider-Man movie, oh. like when he showed up. Oh. And I was like, "That's that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good." <laughs> but I mean, I think I think Donald Glover did pretty good without it, so I'm okay. Because <laughs> his albums are amazing. Uh, that show Atlanta yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. And he's just on Star tour. Wars. <laughs> he's in Star Wars, Lando. He's also doing the live action. Um, Lion King movie. Oh, yeah. Like, he's fine. He's, he's, he'll, he'll get over it. He's, he's all good. He'll yeah. persevere. Yeah. Like, he's like at home crying. He's like, but I didn't get Spider-Man. But I didn't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll be good. He'll be good. Um, Aeon Flux. What's all right. Yes. Oh, so since you brought up sexual perversion, uh, <laughs> we can transition there. Yeah. Uh, so I wondered if, because it's only 10 episodes and it truly is like, the relationship between like her and Trevor. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I'm like, is this just like an abusive relationship? Like it's an abusive relationship. <laughs> uh, it's actually, it's abusive and kinky. Like yeah. that's the whole thing. Because- well, like I get BDSM, but like, I still think like he's abusing her. <laughs> yes. But she also abuses him in other ways. Right. It's a sort of like a, I hate saying give and take kind of relationship, but Either way you look at it, it's not a good relationship that is healthy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Right? But I think she, like, keeps controlling or keeps going back to him because of her abuse by him. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> she likes to submit to him. Yeah. Right? And he takes advantage of that submission. Um, he because... takes advantage of a lot of people. <laughs> and then that's the thing. He's used to being on top and in control. Um, and she finds that interesting and alluring because even when she usually finds people that are used to being on top or in control they can't control her she she finds out very quickly that they're actually weak people and she kills them that's what that's her job that's what she's supposed to do but with him he isn't afraid of her he's not intimidated by her in any way she performs and she finds that fascinating and amazing and she plays with him with it but like, uh, which episode was it? Um, the one where he like clones a perfect version of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that one, Domestic- like, domesticates her, domesticates her. And because of it, she gets herself killed. Yeah. Um, well, but she like kills herself kind of, she kills herself. Technically. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she does kill herself. And her cloned version is the one that's left in this world. And the cat and mouse chase that, that they've been going through just, continues in this very strange landscape um i found that whole thing i found that whole thing weird (laughs) well i just thought it was strange too that it was like i guess like it's the because the show kind of shoots off in so many different directions it's like the one consistent thing from week to week is like how is this gonna play out again (laughs) yeah it's like one thing you know in every episode they are going to meet face to face at some point (laughs) they're gonna exchange some some sort of words um trevor goodchild is going to pontificate at the the greatness of his existence and his being and the wonderful things he's doing for the society and she's gonna point and laugh at him you're like you're so stupid and they'll giggle a little bit something's gonna happen and she's gonna leave 
that that literally happens in every single episode. <laughs> so, um, but it's just uh, trying to figure out how exactly that's going to happen in any way, shape, or form. I found what the thing I found interesting was the um, titles of the episodes. Um, so, like episode one was what is it? Uh, Euphoria or Deuteranopia? Um, I don't know what Deuteranopia. I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up and the definition was colorblindness resulting from insens insensitivity to green light causing confusion of greens, reds, and yellows. And I spent the whole episode trying to figure out, I'm like, where is that? Where, uh, where was what? That? Maybe where in the colors? Mean? Because like they had the insides of that virtual reality body was all red and they had like... Because it was, um, but apparently it was out of phase with the yeah. real world or whatever. But maybe it was more of a stylistic commentary than a plot-driven one. Maybe. <laughs> but I think even stylistically, I would hope that it would be not necessarily more obvious, but there should be a way to, what can I say, deduce the use of the terminology. I was wondering, um, so the director and the writer is from Seoul. Mm -hmm. Was this like uh, dubbed? Or were these lines written for English in English? No. So, no, these lines for the MTV show were all done, like, in English. Because some of them are really cheesy. <laughs> they are very cheesy. But I have a feeling, it is a possibility that maybe he wrote them in Korean and then they were translated. That's that's a possibility. Like, that. that's what some of it feels like to mm -hmm. me. Like, just some of the things, like, that people would say, like, you're an egghead. Like, yeah. I was like, those aren't things that people say. Like, yeah. I was like, that seems like a, a stretch to me. I was so, that's why I was always wondering. I was like, um, even the titles, like, I never tried to make sense of them because mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel like this is like a, uh, like, from... Uh, the original intention intended language isn't being represented here. Mm -hmm. So we'll never really get what what's means. going on. <laughs> um, actually that's, that's probably a really good point because that's true. Well, cause uh, from the research that I did on the show, which was not overly in depth or anything, um, like these shows were specifically written, produced, directed and made for MTV. So it would have been English, no matter what, right? Um, but but yeah, like there it is. There's a total possibility that things at some point were lost in translation in some way, shape, or form. But maybe that's like this was at a point where you know Far Eastern animation and style of directing and just like anime in general were becoming popular in North America. Like this is the point where you know Pokemon were coming in and. Sailor Moon and Rama and a Half and, you know, the incursion of Hente. I, yes, I said it, um, <laughs> were cut, like permeating into North American culture. Um, so I wonder if this was a, like a chance to be like that bridge point of like the unusual story tell, tell, uh, storytelling techniques that we're used to in North America. Yeah. Also the animation style, but it was... I mean, it was weird, but it's less weird than some other things that have been presented. You know what I so mean? So maybe it was like trying to replicate the animation or the anime that was being brought and dubbed. So like they were already like, this was like 
they're replicating the dubbed version of the anime almost <laughs> maybe they're like Which oh no we want to keep the style up and like the yeah, feel yeah, of yeah, it yeah. So. even though it was totally intended to be english the entire, like but yeah. they're still trying to make it seem that like way it, it was like dubbed and yeah. changed over because like some of the other titles and just like there's weird language choices throughout mm. and I'm, I'm just like oh like i just i remember thinking back to the 90s yeah <laughs> like uh people like trying to embrace like this techno culture language that mm. was not really like established in society yet like this yeah. is like this is pre-internet right yeah. like <laughs> like this is before you could illegally download things so like mm-hmm. but people were kind of like techno obsessed but yeah like that's when like movies like hackers came out exactly they like, and they just have so much gibberish in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like a lot of the, the things that are happening, in even in the titles, are just kind of, like, pseudo-tech-techy titles that were, like... <laughs> just... Really? No, because, I mean, like, some of the titles include, like, than... What is it? Thanatophobia? Which but... is actually, like, a fear of death. But doesn't it sound like if you didn't know what it meant, could it be, like, a cool techy term? That is true, <laughs> You're like, oh, it's thanatophobia. <laughs> like, to me, like, that seems like... I'm thinking back to, like, the early goth days on Queen Street in the 90s. And, mm-hmm. like, if you, like, walked into, like, one of these goth shops and, like, looked at a label, it might be named something so, like that. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that, is, that is very true, okay? That is absolutely and very true. I'll tell so you this it was, right like, now. it was, like, a cultural... Not a phenomenon, but, like... Uh, a desire to have this thing, like trying to understand something. I don't know. They're they're trying to develop a certain milieu of yeah. a, a, a literary maybe, tradition that had been well established, but not so much in movies and TV, or even particularly understood. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. um, like maybe it was it was enough. Yeah, like an an attempt to be more deep than it actually was yeah you know i and i think that's one of my problems was is because i was sitting there looking at these titles that come up at the beginning of every episode and then i'm like oh i must look for this within the, the, the episode that we're looking at and you then give i it too much credit i i have a feeling so based on what you're saying makes complete sense and i have been must have been giving way too much to this show because some of those episodes i literally like I sat there like gobsmacked, like, <laughs> what did I just look at? Is there a point to any of this? Oh my God, this is so cheesy. It's things like that. Well, even like what she's wearing, right? Like she's mm. wearing like a very like BDSM, like leather play, like with the rings. And I was like, so it was like a very stylistic toys, right? Mm. Like uh, I actually thought like her outfits were pretty cool yeah. and like very like stylish and mm. like, I thought it was interesting that they would represent a female heroine that way. But, like, yeah, it was, like, very, like, uh, like even we see later on in The Matrix, right? Like, yeah. it's, like, this stylistic choice. But <laughs> I think the difference between, like... Low on substance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so her stylistic choice within the show was very clear. It's because she was being counterculture, right? Because one of Trevor Girl Child's things was outwardly he was he wanted to repress like sexual fetishisms and and you know dirty talk and like even though he was highly sexual yes and and that's the thing is his in the show like his presence towards his public right 
even though there's a full scene where he's like naked in front of him, he's like, I'm not hiding anything. I'm naked. But he refused to make that whole thing sexualized, right? It was the reporter who then tried to kill him who made it a sexual thing, right? Because there's like a whole scene where she like looks down and kind of like, hmm, hmm, and then looks back up at him. And then she tries to murder him. Um, but then from that point on, the next reporter that comes in was just like, okay, we're not anything to hide. So she's naked while she's interviewing him and it's not supposed to be sexualized in any way. And then, but then when you have like Aeon Flux come in and other people, they fetishize and sexualize everything publicly to go like, to go against what Good Child is trying to say to society where, you like it doesn't matter if someone's clothes or they're naked they're people they should not be sexualized but behind closed doors he has a foot fetish <laughs> so yeah there's all that i i always i don't know i guess i interpreted that a little different because i always thought she was overtly sexual only because it gave her more power to do whatever she wanted right like she really? could yeah like people like would take like uh, like a pause before just shooting her, right? Mm-hmm. Like men would have full conversations with her with her gun pointed to her head. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like had she not been representing herself that way, she would have just been killed. Yeah. <laughs> that is also a possibility. So I feel like yeah. she was using it to her advantage because mm-hmm. she recognized it was how other people viewed her. Yeah, I mean, she definitely used it as an advantage for sure. To, like like you said, distract other people or have people underestimate her abilities or her power. But at the same time... It also it, threw them through a loop because sometimes that would happen. Yes. Because they were just like, <laughs> what What are you wearing? What is that? Like, what is, like, why don't you put on some clothes for a second and then we can fight? You know, it was one of those things. But, like, she had full-on discussions where she said, she's like... I'm wearing this because I don't want to be part of your society. And you saw that change in that episode where she was domesticated and all of a sudden she was wearing long pants and she was wearing like this big ace, like big sweater that like completely desexualized her physique. And then like, cause that was an indication that she was, she gave up. She was done. She was conquered. And she became part of the society. If you, it, you know, that may have been part of it. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Like I must admit, like uh, I always remembered the show being kind of weird, and but I always I, I remember being fascinated by it. But in this rewatch, I was like, this is boring. Yeah, it was really like slowly paced. Yes. <laughs> and that's I was actually really surprised by that too. I was like because they're only 20 minute episodes, mm-hmm. but and I think it's the combination of the silence within the episodes and the weird like Blade Runner type music mm-hmm. that it's just like really like droning and long. It feels long. Uh yeah, well because and that's the thing. They'd have long periods of silence, then they'd have long periods of just talking, like just dialogue that wasn't even particularly engaging in any way, shape yeah. or form. It was just kind of like witty repartee back and forth. They're like, "I'm being smart, and I'm being smug." Like, ooh. <laughs> um and then you yeah, then you have that like weird synth music happening for 2 seconds. And so then you'd have like these battle sequences with like the synth music and then the episode would be over. And then it felt like you'd been watching it for an hour. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, it's been 19 minutes. <laughs> gotcha. 
because it took me, those 10 episodes took me like a week and a half to watch. Not because I didn't have time to sit and binge and go through the whole thing. It's because it just felt like so long. Like I'd watch two episodes and I'd be like, it's been days. Oh my God. And then, yeah, it was just like, I can't look at these anymore. Yeah. The pacing is like really, although like that's what modern day, like sci-fi directors are aspiring to do. Mm -hmm. Like it's like draw that pacing out, but it's interesting. Like, in these early days of experimental like sci-fi anime mm-hmm. for North American audience that the pacing is so long. I'm like, yeah. I thought it would be like immediately like bang, 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 like yeah. action, 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 action. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's definitely one of the things I was, I re- like, I think that's the thing that stuck with me was the action sequences. So I was expecting them to be a lot more, but then you realize, no, each episode only had one action sequence really. And then the rest of it was just kind of like a, uh, a tete-a-tete like <laughs> who's gonna outsmart who and what is she actually going to do this episode <laughs> that kind of thing cat and mouse are yeah. they aren't they <laughs> but i mean like i find that kind of pacing reminds me specifically of like blade runner for example yeah. like the the 80s one and the uh 2049 that came out what last year where i think they managed to that elongated pacing they managed to perfect the timing where it it still seems long, but it doesn't seem tiring. Right, yeah. You know? Whereas with this, it's like, it's done not in a way that you're just like, like it feels long and it feels, like you feel drained after you watch an episode. You're yeah. just like, oh my God, finally it's done. I also really feel like, uh, and this is not with any irony, but like this was made for a stoner audience. Like... <laughs> Like that, like so many choices, like the fact that they're, um, like there's discrepancies from episode to episode in terms of like Aeon being alive or not. Yeah. Like she dies, she doesn't die, what's happening. But like those kinds of things and like just like weird visual, Mm -hmm. um, things that would kind of trip you out if you were watching it stone. Like uh, it seems like a true intention of the, along with being like pretend dubbed, Mm -hmm. like, like no, it's these people are blazing. They're eating a bag of Doritos right now. <laughs> We're going to F they're with like, their minds a little bit. They're like, look, okay, this chick is Janelle Hands, Her feet are hands. I know. Okay. <laughs> and then when she's trying to escape from the room, like, like, uh, like the things are going to shoot out from the front and the back and she's going to like go up on these ropes. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. She's going to slide down the rope on her feet. And it's, like, going to look so cool and badass. <laughs> and look at her boobs. It's, like, anti-gravity right there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Those boobs would kill people in They're general. They're so pointy. They're so pointy. <laughs> but that go, doesn't that go back to, like, 1950s and 60s? Yeah, posery? those bullet bras. Yeah, that yeah. were just, like, very angular. And you see, like, and all those, like, pin-up pictures and, like, Marilyn Monroe pictures. And I think and even, kind of like... Um, Madonna at that time was going through her bullet bra phase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was, who who did that? That was um, Jean-Paul Gaultier did her designs for for that kind of thing. But it was nice pull. Yeah. But it was like, it was purposefully um, retro at a certain point because that was the time she did videos like Express Yourself and stuff where she does throw back to, you know, the glamour of the silver screen. And she does like the wavy 1940s hair and she does like... Um, she does like the, the, uh, who's the lady that did like, she was the first woman who did like the man suits. Uh, oh, Chanel? 
No, no, no. Um, no, like the she was a movie star. She's in the experience. Greta Garbo? Video. Was that Greta Garbo? She had like the the cigarettes and yeah, like the long thing. That's her. Was that Greta Garbo? Okay, so it may have been Greta Garbo that I'm thinking of. But yeah, she but she did she was hearkening to like that that time period of like it was pseudo revolution, but also an obsession with looks and beauty at the same time, you know? Where it's like you you fall down to a certain aspect of society, but are going against another certain part of society. Cause you know, those images of Greta Garbo and her, like her suits and her cigarettes and all that kind of stuff is she's made up. Like her face is very feminine. It's very beautiful. But at the same time, she's wearing a suit and she's in control, you know? So there's a juxtaposition of how exactly are you supposed to feel about this outfit or this look or this attitude? It's a thing. Nice. <laughs> yes. I watched a lot of videos back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was part of the nineties culture. Like this is pre YouTube. Yeah. This is like <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I regularly like I mean in, in Toronto it was all about really it was much music unless you had like paid satellite cable and then you get M T V. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we used to go home and sit down and we used to watch M T V watch music videos and be like, Did you see that new one by this person or did you see this new one by this person? Oh my god, I was so cool. Yeah. And they were and people I mean, like with any generation of music lovers, there are definitely groups that put less effort into it than others. But there were definitely iconic videos out there where people are just like they put stories into it and like i mean i guess michael jackson or yeah aerosmith are actually really well known for their music videos are full stories guns and roses beginning to end <laughs> guns and roses did the same thing um but they made these like epic music videos that were like full stories beginning to end and they culminate correctly with the different points of the the song and all that kind of stuff and then you have like corn freak on a leash that's cool animated video like like i mean i'm not i i must admit i know this song because of the video like people are just like you need to watch this music video it's really really cool the song is kind of crap oh gosh um but the music video itself like the animation style and the stuff they do with it is even the lincoln park video lincoln parks videos yeah (laughs) there were just so many out there that you just saw these really cool things done in them um and they were fascinating at that point in time but yeah it's that's we didn't have youtube we didn't have like instagram and snapchat and to occupy our space and time and whatever or even like immediate culture like that was like uh snippets of immediate culture and then like yeah you would go to school every day and well after you watch videos and you watch friends yeah and And then you would go to school the next day and you talk to everyone about it. And so it was like, it was still kind of shared in a sense. Like it was still like the same experience that we were all having it, having. Mm -hmm. So it was like very relatable that way. It was never like, oh my God, did you see this video? No, I didn't. It was, you saw this? Were you watching? Of course I saw it. Of course I saw it. Of course I saw Link Link Bistits break stuff. Like, because Paulie Shore is in that. We were all (laughs) sitting in front of the TV at 5 p.m. yesterday, and the music videos were on, and that's the video that we all saw at the same time, right? And if you said no to that, people were just like, what "What were you doing? Like, my mom made me go to the grocery store. (laughs) It was, you know, and then you you couldn't, it wasn't recorded. You couldn't go, like, Google it or anything. It was like, if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah, And that was it. It, and it sucked. You had to wait like a whole week to see it again sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. 
I hated that because as soon as you miss, as, and it, there was no like TiVo or PVRing or. Oh, you could record it with your VCR, you, but like. If you were lucky. Like, there was also like, it was pre access to like multiple dollar store days. So, like, you could just buy copious amounts of VHS. No, like, yeah. You had like two if you were lucky. Yeah. And, and then like, one of them had your recording of Never Ending Story. Yeah. And so you weren't going to record over that. Personally, mine was Aladdin. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. 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 Mine was Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was really pissed off when my brother recorded over that because I was livid. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't even remember what he recorded over. I just remember screaming about like, because he recorded over the first like, I think it was the first half hour. Oh, brutal. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do this? You know? Because it was like, as soon as you you got to the movie, it was the part where he was first going into the Cave of Wonders. Oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I understand this is where all like the quote-unquote good stuff starts, but, but you know, the Street Rat song is gone. Like, I love that song. Street Rat. <laughs> like, that song is amazing. It's a whole thing. It was very upsetting. It was very upsetting. Um, but yeah, like... Yeah, that was... Those were hard times. How did those we make it through? hard times. I don't know. How did we... I have no idea. It was it was very, it was a very difficult time period, and all you young people out there, you should um, be very happy that you can just go online and look up things so easily and and find whatever you're looking for. But also, right now, it's like a tyranny of choice, right? Like, mm. there's so many options. Like, how it's difficult to discern what's good, right? Like, yeah. I also feel like. Uh, the reason why this show may be a little bit nostalgic for you and I is only because we're able to recognize now, like, like the influences of it. Yes. Like, like it obviously was like stylistically very influential. And in, like, I feel like even things we're watching now, like altered carbon and like mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. even Westworld, but Westworld was also from the seventies. So, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but like it's, it had like, it obviously like it's a part of like a very informed, like. Mm-hmm. sci-fi genre or yeah, in North very, America. Yeah, it's super specific, you know? It's like it's like that that obsession with the future. It's not that it's just a place that we won't understand because we don't understand the technology, but it's a place that's just weird. And like know? and uh I like that it, it harkens to that you already mentioned it, but like that um turn of the century detective fiction uh style because mm. it's like yeah, every layer is corrupt privacy is no longer available mm. you live you live under uh repression and control you realize everything you're saying is relevant to like right now well right? yeah but <laughs> those are identifiable themes yeah. like, in our realities like well it, it just even makes us much more aware as consumers of like content and media like mm. to like kind of expose our weaknesses so like those at the time like were presented without irony and really even understanding what the near future held in, in store. So it was like, I just think that's really cool. <laughs> well, yeah, because one of the, like I mentioned before with Trevor Goldchild, he was like, I don't want to hide anything from anybody and neither should you. And the society was like, I agree with you. And that's allowed him to put literally video cameras everywhere, right? But that's the thing with our society right now. I can go outside you know, if I go in my elevator, there's a camera. If I go in my lobby, there's a ca- there's a camera. If I go outside, there's a camera on the outside of the building. You know, I walk down the street and you can see cameras in, in places. People have cameras on their phone. They'll start recording things if they think it's wrong or right or amazing or whatever. So you can't 
go about society without being recorded. I'm probably in videos and pictures from millions of people just by happening to be passing by at a certain time or walking through something or just being in a certain place. And, and like at that point in time, like in, in the early nineties, I would have been like, that's crazy. <laughs> but it's part of my daily life right now is yeah. that people will see you no matter what, Yeah, you know? I mean, no, I don't have like a bunch of cameras. Actually, technically I do. Cause I'd have a camera on my, I have yeah. a camera on my phone. I have a camera laptop. on my computer and my laptop, you know? There are cameras everywhere. Yeah. And I remember in the 90s, I thought that was just like, oh, that's crazy. I would never and blah, blah, blah. But here's where we are. And even like some of the other concepts, like they have virtual reality. They have like um, uh, technological devices that have like autonomy uh cloning this was pre-cloning yes and they and they do cloning and they they talk about body modification and like uh i just like all these principles that are Mm -hmm. like now realistic things that do happen in our societies and like yeah it's kind of the most extreme representation of that but Mm -hmm. but like this wasn't that long ago (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it was 27 years ago and i like i mean technically that's Almost a generation. Because what a generation is every, what, 20 years or 40 years? I think 20 years. 20 years, yeah. So it's actually more than a generation, technically. Yeah. Um, but within that generation, like, it, things have escalated so quickly. Like, they've, you know, computing technology. Like, in, in 1991, I had, a, like, there's no way I would be able to do this. Yeah. In 1991, even though you think it's relatively simple, it's a microphone attached to a computer, you're good to go. But no, in the 90s, yeah, yeah, like, who are you, who who is listening to a podcast? Are we uploading it to a bulletin board system? Or or something that's going to take like six hours or 12 hours to download. (laughs) Like 47 hours. Oh, that's true. It used to be days. (laughs) Like for one song, it used to be like three days Days. to download Yeah, for like a three minute song, that's true. (laughs) This would be like a month and a half to download. And I remember the first time that we downloaded like a movie and it took like a day and a half. We're like, that is so fast. (laughs) Oh my god. Whereas now if something takes more than three seconds to download, you're like, I'm not doing this clip. I'm getting what? No. Like I mean I turn on my computer and like it's half a s like it's like less than half a second and I get angry and I'm like, yeah. why aren't you on yet? Whereas we used to like like press on and walk away and make breakfast and then you know chat with some people and come back and then the window screen would finally come on. You're like, Yay, you're on. It was a it was a whole it was a whole thing. You just put up with it. But now that thinking about the amount of time that you spend waiting for technology back in the day yeah. just seems ludicrous now. Right? Well, even like it's kind of another point to like the pacing issue, right? Yeah. Like nowadays, like I won't watch a video on YouTube that's over three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just like, if this is over three minutes, I'm not watching it. Even though it's insolently accessible. Yeah. But like, at the time this show was made, like you couldn't access that kind of content. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and if you could, you probably would. And you would wait seven days to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that's hilarious. Because about. yeah, like our videos, we'd wait a whole week to watch like five minutes of the one video that we wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's exactly what, I mean, uh, it was just, it was such a hard time. I, I'm going to tell well, you. Well, it's just so different, hard. right? Like it's, it's interesting to see how like, 
even our choices, like, unless we stop to think about it, like, uh, the immediacy and the variety of things, like, it was just so limited. And, like, the content now is, like, I feel like tenfold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it should be better, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the next stage we're going into. Yeah. But, like, now we have more content and, like, instant accessible. So it's just a matter of, like, how do we spend our time, our limited time? Well, is it the fact that, like, I think maybe the problem is 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 that content is so easy to make that no matter how crappy it is it still gets made and put out there and people are going to see it whereas because things took effort back in the day i'm not saying that there wasn't garbage because there was garbage out there um but because it took so much effort to make you were more likely to see quote unquote good quality content than bad content you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe that was just our opinion of the time, though. There was a lot of crap. <laughs> there, no, I am not denying the fact that there was a lot of crap out there. But I think because it took effort and time and you couldn't just go back and watch something else, you took less of a chance on a new show than a show you were used yeah, to watching. Because you couldn't just flip back and restart an episode or you couldn't just go find it online or right. like streaming somewhere. You're like, these two shows are on. This is a show I know and I love. Am I going to miss this episode for this new show that could possibly be good? But if it's going to be on at the same time in the future, then it's going to be trouble because then I have to pick one. Right. That's why I stopped watching Sliders. (laughs) Um, First of all, you have to say it like this. Sliders. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped watching Sliders. (laughs) I started showing the same time as X-Files. I was like, I'm out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yes. I dropped that like a ton of bricks. I was like... (laughs) What do you think? X Files compared to Sliders? Are you no. even in the crappy seasons? I still would have picked X Files over right? Sliders. Yes, and it was still like late on a Friday night too. Yeah, it was but... nine p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I restarted watching Sliders when X Files moved to Sunday nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "What is?" But it happening? was bad by then. Yeah. Well, because they got Jerry O'Connell got left, and what? his brother came back and oh. was replaced him. And I, I did see those, like, in-between episodes because, you know, it was all at the same time as X-Files. <laughs> and and I was just like, who's that? That looks like, like a Walmart version of Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, but I was just like, who is this guy? And then I heard about him getting replaced with his brother because he left the show. And um, what is it? Jonathan Reese davies left the show and they replaced him with, like, a different guy. And the girl was different. And she died. The yeah, first she, girl died. Yeah. The show. And then, like, they, and then there was, like, the one there's one friend that was the same and i was just like so this is the same show but who are all these people and why is this so weird now um but it was always like a very it like i find that show just reminded me of quantum leap oh yeah oh yeah like oh you're just going through a cheesy remake of quantum leap i could never watch discovery because i was like hey it's a quantum leap guy uh you're talking about enterprise oh sorry enterprise yes <laughs> uh, don't be jealous of Scott Bakula, please. Um, personally, I've been rewatching Enterprise because they showed on TV um, every day during the week. They show episodes from one of the series of Star Trek, which makes my day because I get to sit there and watch at least two episodes a day of, you know, the original series or Next Generation or Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise. And Enterprise specifically, I. Never used to watch that show simply because I get the cold open. I'm like, ooh, this looks interesting. It's been and, a long Oh my road. god. 
<laughs> and then I would change the channel when the stupid intro song came on because I hated it so much. I got faith. It's so bad though. But and even like the visuals for it and Isn't everything it like, was horrible. Brian Adams singing a Rod Stewart song. Like, Is that what it is? Yes. I've never yeah. even looked into it because I just <laughs> hated it and what would happen is i would change the channel and then forget the rest of the show (laughs) so i just never watched the show because of something as stupid as a really bad intro oh yeah well yeah i couldn't get over scott bacula i'm just like nope (laughs) i can't i can't suspend my disbelief Um, for one moment but he has a beagle dog named porthos that's adorable oh sorry i never got that far yeah you (laughs) i listened to the theme song and then i was like i'm out yeah no (laughs) i understand that completely um but usually when i get home they're past the theme songs they're about half an hour and i don't know what's happening in the episode but then i watch the second half of the episode and i'm like it's actually pretty good it's not that bad (laughs) Um, but also, um, what's her name? Who's the, the Vulcan on it? Oh my God. I should know this off the top of my head. But anyway, she's the worst Vulcan ever. <laughs> I think like, you need like your own Star Trek podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to be your secondary podcast. I know. Star oh Trek, Trek Talks with Tracy. I don't know. But the thing is when it comes about, like, I don't want to talk about like the whole series or whatever. I just want to talk about like random shit in the Star <laughs> Trek universe. I just like it. Like, I just like Star Trek. It's a thing. Yeah. I, the other day, somebody asked me, like, so based on your last episode, which was about Indiana Jones, you like Indiana Jones better than Star Trek. I'm like, I don't think so, because I have a feeling that I've mentioned Star like, happened to have mentioned Star Trek in every <laughs> episode. But even, like, I don't even bring it up first. Other people bring it up first. So... I just kind of keep it going at that point in time because I'm really excited. <laughs> and it's Star Trek after all. I mean, come on. There's lots to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just this week just having a fulsome conversation with Jeff about the LDS reference. <laughs> and how it, you remember when uh, Spock in the, oh shoot, which one is it? A Voyage Home? No. Uh, the third one, like the third one, search which, for Spock. Search, no, no, when they go back to Earth to get the whale. Yeah, voyage home. Yeah, voyage yeah, home. Yeah. yeah, and so he's and he's like, uh, there's some kind of reference to them taking LDS in the '60s. LSD. <laughs> no, but he says LDS. Does he really? Yeah, and so uh, and people on certain internet communities thinks he means Church of Latter Day Saints, and that's the joke. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's, LSD is the joke. It's not. <laughs> Reddit people. Uh, I Reddit. love people. I love people. They're so great. It's amazing. But I just like, well, these are obviously Church of Latter-day Sainters. They're yeah. like, nobody ever talks about us. <laughs> we gotta take this one thing from this one Star Trek episode or movie. Yeah. And like, like, make half, it ours. To make it half an episode. You know, like it's, gonna, it's like two seconds in the movie. And then you're just like, yes, everything's about us now. It's Finally. amazing. All right. Someone talked about this validates everything. <laughs> Get your black badges on, boys. We're hitting the streets. <laughs> Shut up your shoes. Did you hear what Bone said about us in that movie? That's why we're here. <laughs> we're the LDS. We're the LDS. That's us. <laughs> so then, wouldn't it be like CLDS? Yeah, technically. But they're just going with LDS. Well, I don't know. Certain branches of it go by LDS, Latter-day Saints. 
already. Yeah. Good to know. I did not know about that. (laughs) And I find that fascinating. I share a random Star Trek tip of the week. (laughs) And I keep saying fascinating like I'm a Vulcan, so it's fine. (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) Also, if uh, this is the other thing... um, Oh, I can compare both of them. From Discovery, the girl from Discovery, the Vulcan. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I ever... She's not actually Vulcan. She was just I know. raised by Vulcans. I know. Yes. I know. But she identifies culturally as a Vulcan. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's nuanced. Yes. Uh, I feel like if I ever met her in real life, like, she'd just be so irritated with me that she'd probably kill me. <laughs> Wait, the character or the actress? The character. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, because she's kind of badass, right? Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, she's still emotional. like She's still human. So I'm like, I feel like she would kill me in real life. I also feel that way about Aeon. <laughs> oh, yeah, she'd hate me. She would, yeah, like, she we would, we would not be friends. Like, if anything, like, I would mispronounce her name once, and she would most definitely kill are you, me. Are you, sorry, are you Aeon Fox? No, no, it's Aeon. <laughs> exactly. Oh, damn it. <laughs> like, ugh. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah, you probably wouldn't even get a word out. She, she'd be one of the people who would, like, she wouldn't even stop. She's like, I'm just shooting everybody. Like, you're just in the way. You're just... There you go. I'm just trying to play cat and mouse with my abusive boyfriend. Yeah, so, like, I don't understand what you don't know. Why are you is. existing right yeah. now? <laughs> Man, oh. um, the second episode of the show is pretty much that. Mm-hmm. You know, where... The girl with the back? Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is, is I watched the first episode of the show and it made... It, did not click, except for the fact that I recognized Aeon Flux in it. It didn't click anything in my brain from seeing it before. And I was just like, I've seen this before? I know I had seen it before, but I was like, I saw this before? The second episode, that's the episode that when I think about Aeon Flux, that's what pops into my brain. That's what you remember? That is specific episode. Because especially that last sequence when she jumps through and she gets caught in the rope and she like... Her, and her legs cut off get leg, cut off? That is the thing that I remember being like, oh my god (laughs) like this is a crazy society that is psychotic this is blowing my mind what is going on and like the things that they put in her like those little yeah the body cartridges or whatever i guess that was supposed to be her spinal fluid yeah and then you like pop it out like like you have to replace it Yeah. yeah um and i just found like like the image of that was just like in my brain um, but it was also super creepy. Yeah. Like that scene where, um, it's Trevor that comes over to operate on her back. Right. Mm-hmm. So is that scene supposed to be sexual? Yes. Because like, I didn't interpret it that way at all. Really? And, no. no. That whole thing where he puts the thing in there and she's like, Ooh, uh, uh, it's supposed to be sexual. I thought he was like taking pleasure from her pain. Like, no, but she's also taking pleasure from it. Is she though? Yeah. Is she, I, well, because, cause what happens is, is cause so this this part's really gross, but remember she was meeting her like ex boyfriend who's on the other side of the wall in like that hole in yeah. the wall or whatever where the, the train comes through and there's a scene in it where they finish oh, and right. she comes back and she's like it's not the same and then she calls him to come back to do it to her again oh. the thing in her back right oh, okay I just like I was watching that I'm like that but is but that's disgusting. also a sign of like an abused relation like someone who's been in stuff like. An but, if you, relationship. but if you watch that episode, it's like the episode of the, those two people. I don't remember what their names are, um, but those two people, he is horrible to her, yeah. but she is obsessed with him. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I find frustrating about the whole series is that in every single episode, there is a woman who is obsessed with a man and takes ridiculous amounts of abuse from him. 
but still was like, I want you and I love you and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's not, because even in Aeon's whole thing, even though it's like a cat and mouse and, you know, they, they chatter back and forth and they're just like, oh, I'm up here and oh, I'm down here and blah, blah, blah. It's still gross. Yeah. Yeah. Their relationship is gross. I was still, I was waiting for that moment, but I guess like the, even the opening title sequence, they basically tell you like, mm. this is going to be about him and her and their relationship the yeah. whole time. Yeah. But I, I still was like waiting for that moment. I'm like, but when is it not? Like, cause like, I'm sure she's a fascinating character, right? Like she's kind of like, you don't really know if she's a hired assassin or mm. a, a hired mercenary or like she's working with people and bear and people are asking and like her a to, rebellion or something. Yeah. yeah. And so like, she has a, fascinating story without him and i'm like uh, i don't know i would have liked to see but even in the movie i feel like oh we won't have to bring about the movie do you mm. have the movie are you gonna mm-hmm. talk about the movie later <laughs> i am not gonna be talking about the movie later and if we did we'd be putting it together because i don't want i don't want to have to do a flux twice especially with that movie definitely not um but yeah like well i know since you brought up the movie i will i will admit this like Whoever made the movie did not understand the actual concepts of the show. And then they tried to dumb it down to a level that would be palatable to like basic audiences that it just lost anything that would have made it interesting. Oh yeah. It's not interesting at all. It's barely forms a memory in my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Cause one of the things I remember is that like, I mean, I don't think Charlize Theron was bad casting and I don't think... Um, I forgot the guy who plays Trevor Goodchild, but he also plays the bad guy in Equilibrium. Um, I think. Is that the same guy? Maybe. Not 100% sure. Um, I might be wrong. Uh, but but anyways, um, I, I don't think the, the film was badly cast. I just think everything within the film besides the casting is wrong. <laughs> there you go. I said it. <laughs> well, it's just like, I don't know. It's very... Like it was riding, so it was it was in a time it was because it was early two thousands, right? That movie was made. Uh, the or was it even later than that? It may have been even later than that. So like it's in a time, so it's being transposed to a time where a number of the core concepts introduced in the in the um, series are like now they're reality. Like mm-hmm. we're cloning VR. Like these are these are real now. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. And so, uh, and like we had like a number of very sophisticated like sci-fi movies since that time, like mm-hmm. you know Matrix and lots of stuff was happening. Like people are all the really bad Star Wars movies were made. Oh my god! <laughs> but yes. like still, like uh, uh, it was a golden moment for sci-fi. And then mm. they made this, and it was just so bad. Like, well, I think I can only equate it to like the Ghost in the Shell, right? Which yes. is like. Like a really good core uh, material, but executed poorly as a movie. <laughs> yes, uh, that's the thing. Like I found, um, I found that movie. It it's it has the Zack Snyder problem, right? Where they are so obsessed with the visuals of it that they forget everything else. Yeah. So the movie is visually pretty. It's beautiful to look at screenshot any point of it it's a wallpaper it's amazing it's beautiful but then as soon as people start talking or there's quote unquote the plot to look at you're just like this doesn't it's not doing anything like it's just not even trying it's falling apart yeah and then that's the problem with the am fox movie as well like it's they were so obsessed with capturing certain visuals that they 
they're just like, how can we make it so that she does a backflip over here? Let's have this thing happen. And you're just like, but that doesn't do anything for the plot. And you're just like, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Stylistically gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> Everything else, pointless. Completely pointless. <laughs> Two and a half crazy. hour long music video. <laughs> also, I was wrong. The guy who played Trevor Goodchild was not in equilibrium. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> um, thank you, IMDb. <laughs> see this is what i'm telling you if this was 1991 when this came out never been able to do yeah, it no um but yeah like we were also 11 or 10 at this time yeah probably... how were we watching this look by <laughs> how the... were we allowed to <laughs> i will admit this like my like my parents were it's not that i didn't go to bed at a reasonable time they weren't all about like you have a bedtime okay like it wasn't like no, no, it's eight o'clock, get ready, go to bed, go to sleep, blah, blah, blah. No, it was just like, we we have a busy life. My parents worked, we went to school, we were latchkey kids, which is, is that still a term right now? Um, I'm sure, yeah. Really? I, I, I just haven't heard it in a long time, because <laughs> they used to have it on like news reports, and they had a whole story on 60 Minutes, I remember this, because my dad used to watch 60 Minutes every single Sunday, 7 p.m., <laughs> We did it before we watched, like, Martin and stuff. It was fun. Um, so, very clear memory. Um, but, yeah, like, it used to be every... Like, the term latchkey kid was, like, this epidemic in, like, the the 90s and, and stuff like that. I remember that very specifically. And so, we were latchkey kids. We'd come home. We'd have our key and go inside, me and my brother. And we'd wait till our parents came home. And our parents would come home. We'd sit and do, like, cook dinner, sit and do homework, watch some TV. And of course, like, maybe, you know, if it got late, like if it got like 11 or 12 o'clock, they'd be like, okay, time to go to bed, blah, 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 blah. But we never really had like bedtimes. And I don't think it really, it just made sure that we had family time. We had time to eat together. We had time to do our homework and all that kind of stuff. But it was never, it was never anything ridiculous. Like, we didn't go to bed at four o'clock in the morning and wake up at seven. It's we were kids. We'd get tired early. We just go to bed. You know. I think I remember like beating my parents down over mm. the issue of like I really wanted to watch Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I was determined I was gonna stay up mm-hmm. every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then like once they accepted that fact that it was like there were no more limits for me. Like, yeah. I could just start doing whatever I not not whatever I wanted. But yeah, I would often be up until two in the morning watching TV. Well, on on the weekends for sure. Because yeah. I, for example, I remember watching that Tracy Ullman episode with like they first premiered The Simpsons. Oh yeah, in 1989. That would have been at midnight or one o'clock in the morning because it was late night television. Yeah, you know, I remember watching Madonna on David Letterman. Like that's oh, late yeah. night yeah, television, yeah. right? Yeah, Letterman. I love Letterman. Yeah. Um. So that like was on, at eleven o'clock. Yeah. So like on the weekends and stuff, it was fine. Not a big problem. Like on Saturday nights, we'd, I mean, I think it was the ploy of my parents to be like, they're going to sleep in tomorrow morning. It'll be fine. You know, but like during the week that it's at least try to make sure that we got the correct amount of sleep. But on the weekends, it's like, it's your time off. Do whatever you need to do. Just get your homework done and don't be rude. That's it. <laughs> you know, it was those two things. Or, or the other thing was like, um, I never had a curfew. But 
I better be home before the streetlights came on. That was it. So during summer, it was beautiful. Streets like come on at like 10 o'clock because that's when the sun goes down. <laughs> during the winter, that sucks because the streetlights are coming. Six. Oh, three. Three. <laughs> yes. Come straight home after school. That was it. There was no going out during the winter. That was not a thing, you know. But yeah, like it, it was never, we never had like proper curfews. And, and like bedtimes and stuff but I think that kind of worked to our benefit I guess you, you know? consume so much culture that <laughs> it explains a lot it explains <laughs> so much oh my god I was like how did you watch 48 hours of tv in three days I'm like well I so got what it I there. did was, you know I mean I'd be home at what three or four in the afternoon yeah. watch tv till like midnight you know, while doing homework or something. I still managed to get good grades. Not even just decent. They were pretty good. <laughs> and still got all my TV in, so I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were compromises. There are things that, you know, I didn't watch. Like, one thing that a lot of people watched, you probably did. Like, no, maybe you didn't. Married with Children? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Everyone my, watched that. No. No? Not my house. That was not allowed in my house. Not at all. Okay. So that was one pop. Like, I understand it. I know the character. Oh, we weren't allowed to watch Roseanne. Really? My mom loved, I watched all kinds of Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom hated The Simpsons as well, but my really? dad really liked it. Huh. So we got to watch it. Oh, funny. Um, of course, she hated South Park. Like, they, all, oh, they yeah. both did. They, they absolutely hated it. And one time, me and my brother sat her down. I was like, look, the show is, so, like, it's, specifically sarcastic and it emphasizes ridiculous parts of a society to show how stupid things are that's the whole point we me and my brother sat my mom down and it just happened to be the episode where jesus and the devil get into a fight which is actually the first episode of the show i think and it was just on like reruns or whatever and she was like this show is blasphemous don't ever put this on in our house again and so I mean, I got to watch South Park because at that point in time, I was old enough to be like, I can watch whatever yeah. I want. But at the same time, I had to hide that. <laughs> it was fine. I wasn't allowed to watch anything um, like when I was a child. Anything that referred to like magic. Mm -hmm. So like bewitched. I couldn't really? watch. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, I dream a genie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Because think... yeah, it was blasphemous yeah. and it was like religiously problematic for my parents <laughs> but i'm like dude like there's nothing wrong with this shit. Yeah. And i was like fine i will turn to harder and and also like they picked the exact wrong moment to deter me away from magic because fantasy was just like this burgeoning other world of like yeah. and literary fantasy like a wrinkle in time yeah. like oh you're never bringing me back now now yeah. I'm, I'm jumping to hardcore sci-fi like mm. i was like oh you picked yeah, your that, wrong that was the point the wrong fight where, um, i could have just been watching bewitch yeah because <laughs> that was the point in time where books like that were coming into like like i know lord of the rings had been out for at like, least like a 70s, decade and a half yeah. But, like, its popularity was growing at that point yeah. in time. And, like you said, like, A Wrinkle in Time came out. And, uh, like, George R. R. Martin started writing, like, the whole Lord of the Rings books and stuff, which did take a long time to get that momentum. But even by the time I picked them up, they were considered huge books, you know, <laughs> yeah. that people, like, the world people loved. Um, and even fantasy in, in movies, like, yeah, yeah like, Never Ending Story, mm -hmm. like... 
Like, I think that's kind of like a much more, not dangerous, but like, if you don't want to like promote an overactive imagination in a child, mm. <laughs> like maybe Bewitched wasn't so bad. Bad. Exactly. <laughs> well, cause it was silly and it was frivolous and you could walk away from it like, that's stupid. But then you, when you have like these epic worlds that are well built and interesting characters and stuff and you like dive into it and that's what happened with like Harry Potter and stuff yeah, that came out much exactly. later where you have kids you know there are Quidditch there are Quidditch leagues in universities man <laughs> where grown adults legal adults I should say run around in a field with a broomstick between their legs running after a little ball okay <laughs> I mean technically it's not more ridiculous than any other sport technically but at the same time you're just like really quidditch guys quidditch <laughs> this is what we're doing right now okay well it just shows like i don't know the human human desire like mm. will like expand out to its limits right yeah. like especially when something's specifically been told of like, oh, this is forbidden and, and you can't access this information yeah. and restriction to access. I think that's maybe why we're so a little bit like TV and movie obsessed is because yeah. like we kind of did experience this weird restriction growing up because mm. even though we had like access to content and for long hours, it wasn't necessarily the content we wanted to access. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that is very true. And so um, like, it's so in a way you're still kind of hungry for what you really want yeah. and what you really like will feel satisfied with. Well, I, I think too, at that time period, because it was such a virgining way of doing things, sci-fi and, and fantasy were really getting their foothold in, into culture at that point. Like, I find, like, before that point in time, like, sci-fi and fantasy, except for, like, a, a few minor instances, they were really relegated to, like, kid stuff. Like, look at comic books, for example. Yeah. Until the late 70s, maybe early 80s and stuff, they were never actually taken seriously. They were for children. Whereas now, yeah, there are kids that read comic books, but, like, the market is adults. They're, like this is content from my childhood or this is adult content for right now. And these are interesting, complex stories that instead of just being words on a page, we get like that gratification of that visualization right away, which is, is, is beautiful and, and amazing. But at the same time, it's gone from being just for kids to being for a spectrum of people. And it was the same yeah. thing with sci-fi and fantasy. Sci-fi and fantasy was relegated to stuff for kids and silly spaceships and oh look at the the guy from the future what a nerd well now it's like it's a billion it's dollar industry and it's everywhere and yeah. if you're not into sci-fi and fantasy now you're considered to be part of like that back culture you know like <laughs> that that relegated to the darkness is like you didn't watch the new Marvel movie? What's wrong with you? You know? Whereas back what rom-com are you watching? Exactly. <laughs> Whereas back then you're like, oh, I watched the Superman movie. You're just like, really? Now it's like, you didn't watch the Superman movie? What's wrong with you? You know, it's... Well, I can't use Superman right now because those movies are horrible. Uh, but that's a that's a completely different topic. It's fine. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Woman. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a, I find like, I don't know, I guess it makes me feel old when I think about it, kind of, like the <laughs> amount of changes that have happened. Like I remember in high school, people used to make fun of me because 
I collected comic books and I read comic books and I loved comic books. And I used to watch lots of movies, all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, you're such a dork. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I so I was quite young when I found the path to Asimov. <laughs> I think it was like probably eight or nine. Mm. And, uh, and like, I was just addicted and it was like hopelessly like I read everything like Dune like just incredibly young and then I was like I was into it ever since and so I feel like my dreams are finally like unfolding before my like in this day and age yeah when there's just so much content and there's so much like and it's good content Mm. and it's like incredibly and it's well thought out and sometimes it's based in literary and I'm just like oh Mm. my god it's all happening but then at the same time it's like too much I can't consume it all like that's one of my biggest problems yeah because I literally like so I'm a person who literally has a list you know like when people are just like oh I need to watch it I'll put it on my list (laughs) no I pull out my phone there is a list that I have put together of like TV shows and movies and stuff that I, I need to watch I also have a book list of stuff that I need to go read and everything. And these lists just keep getting longer and longer and longer because there's so much stuff. And I just don't have time, but I want to watch all of it. Yeah. 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 It's, I feel like it's a real problem at the same time. Like it's a good problem to have, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's even like my primary, um, so like this is just a funny, weird example, but I'm I love The Walking Dead mm. and I'm like obsessed with like the comic book and the TV show and like, but I find I'm like trying to pace myself with the TV show because it's very emotional and mm-hmm. like, and quite graphic. But last night I went to go see a stars born and Bradley Cooper is stylized and, cr- and speaks like Rick for a majority of the movie. And I was like, just waiting, even though the movie is not about zombies. zombies yeah. You're just I waiting for one to jump the in. The whole time. I was like, <laughs> there's going to be a zombie. There's going to be a zombie. Any moment, prepare yourself for the zombie. It's going it, to, I know Lady Gaga is singing right now and she is not in the walking dead. Yeah. But nothing can convince me otherwise. Yeah. Right and like and a makeup artist is going to like jump out of the background <laughs> and bite her. And then she turns and Bradley Cooper like, you're like, no. And the shotgun comes out. You're just like, where's my sheriff hat? Like, that would have been a better ending to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if they had just married like that is but that is like my predominant train of thought like mm. i couldn't even like subside my thinking for a moment it's mm. just like no you're you're watching a stars born which is a remake of a remake of a remake of the mm. barbara Stranzit, barbara streisand yeah. and the judy garland and like a million versions there was a judy garland yeah, yeah, oh, yeah i didn't yeah. know that okay yeah. i think like a jazz singer mm. and- I think that one is like in the 50s okay and there's a 1930s version i yeah. didn't know i only know about the barbara streisand one that's what oh, i yeah yeah okay. there are so many remakes of that movie okay um but uh yeah it, like even though i and i knew that like i knew that like even as i'm watching i know i know this but i'm like there is a zombie <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> there was no zombie oh <laughs> <laughs> but even still if i probably would watch it i will think that there will be one yeah, if you look closely in the background, you can see the start of it. Mm, I'm telling happen. you. Yeah. <laughs> and it also doesn't help that there's um, an actor in that movie who plays the older brother, and I'm pretty sure he's in a zombie movie. So I'm like, no, I know this. You're in that George Romero movie, 100%. Oh my God, 100%. now I have to look this yeah. up. No, it's, it's uh, what's his name? I'm pretty sure it's the same actor who was on that ranch show with uh, uh, Ash- Ashton Kutcher. What? Ah, oh, it's like a terrible Netflix show. 
I haven't watched it. I know what you're talking about, but, but I have not looked at it at he's all. He's like this prolific actor. He's in everything. It's not Sam Elliott, is it? Yeah. Is he in a zombie movie? I'm sure he is. I know he's in um, like Coen Brothers movies. He's in a bunch of war movies. He's in everything. I'm sure he's in a zombie movie. He's also in that... Um, he plays the Marlboro Man in the Thank You for Smoking movie. Oh, yeah. And he dies of cancer. Yeah, well... Shocker! Suitily. Suitily. <laughs> I don't like looking but at But he... Him. Well, if anything, if, he, if he's not in a zombie movie, he has a look and feel of a he's zombie movie. He's in Roadhouse! Movie. Sorry, Roadhouse? Yes. Yeah. No, that's just the oh. Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. it's yeah, he is in that movie. <laughs> yes. Jeff I don't Healy. know why I got that excited <laughs> about that knowledge, but yeah, there it is. Yeah, but based on the title, I don't think any of these ones are. He has a lot of acting credits, though. My goodness. 99 acting credits. Wow. Jeez. All the other weird fun fact about A Star is Born, Andrew Dice Clay plays Lady Gaga's dad. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was so completely distracted by that. I was like, when's he going to just drop the F-bombs? And I like... also greatly dislike Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, he's terrible. Like, his comedy, do you remember how bad his yeah. comedy was? Like, it was just entirely misogynistic and mm-hmm. awful. And it was just like, he was fairly okay in the movie. And so was Chris Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Chris Chappelle was in the movie, too. And I was like, is Bradley Cooper just buds with a bunch of, like, weird, outdated stand-ups? Yeah, like, and he was just like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna do a thing. I'm directing this movie. Do you want to be in it? Wow. It's gonna feature a lot of Academy-worthy moments for me, but <laughs> you can ride my coattails. Also, Lady Gaga. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I must admit, it's not a movie I'm going to watch. I, it was enjoyable. Anyway, but... It was enjoyable, like the greatest show ever made, the Juhak, uh, Hugh Jackman, no, uh, didn't watch it. Ringling Brothers. I know what you're talking about. I didn't watch it. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I don't know. There's something about, I find um, films that are based on like real people or real events that are clearly fictional that I don't like. Okay. Like I just don't, I don't get into it. Like you're... You're making this person's real life and this person's real worries and struggles into a song and dance. Literally, I'm not, I, no, I'm not part of this. <laughs> I'm not saying I will never watch it because at some point in time I will get bored. Something will be on TV and I will look at it. It happens. And then I'll tell you exactly what I feel about the movie. And yes, there are movies that shock me. You know, later on, then I'm like, why didn't I watch this earlier? Oh, that's right. I have opinions. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, no, they're not like, they don't appeal to me right no. away. The soundtrack is very good. Mm-hmm. You should Spotify it. Okay. <laughs> you will enjoy it. I think um, Kesha does a song. Okay. You just said Kesha. What? What's you wrong said with Kesha? Kesha? It's not. No. No. She's part of the Me Too movement. I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're part of the Me Too movement, I am not mean part of the Me Too movement. I am just with her. She's great. She's overcome like tremendous challenge. I'm not saying she's a bad person. She is not the girl who's waking up brushing her teeth with a bottle of Jack anymore. Okay. She has made significant strides. Like she did this last album with Macklemore, and it's amazing. Okay. And you should listen to it. Okay. And listen to the song for the soundtrack. We okay. could be a part of the 21st century. Why would I want that? <laughs> You're crazy. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as I hear the name Kesha, I'm like, Ugh. No, it's, 
you will be you will be surprised. <laughs> I even considered seeing her in concert. It was like powerful to me. Yeah. But you've also seen Britney Spears in concert, so not willing. I didn't pay for that ticket. That's not the point. You still went. That's the whole point. It was free. That is true. As soon as it's free, I probably should have too. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like wearing a denim like dress every day as an homage to Britney. You're not? Like a patchwork <laughs> denim dress? That thing was amazing. And, and if we're on With that the point. cowboy hat? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were the one who bought the JT ticket for us to go. <laughs> okay. First of all, that was JT and Jay-Z. First of all. Second of all, that concert was amazing <laughs> and third of all i do not shy with the fact that i like jt okay i don't i do not like in sync even though i know words to a bunch of their songs um specifically pop which a lot of people don't like but i love that song um but no jt i have a little bit of respect for because of his talent <laughs> There you go. I'm just clarifying. Thank I'm just much. saying, if you like JT, that I could like Kesha. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is an acceptable argument. I won. I won. Take it. I will take it. That's fine. Uh, I feel like we've gone very far off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Are we still talking about Aeon? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, I know you had mentioned, um, so you hadn't watched the shorts, you said, right? No. Okay, so... I saw maybe one or two. One or two. Okay. So there are one, two, three. There are five shorts that was like the introduction, quote unquote, to Aeon Flux. They're about five minutes long each. There is no dialogue in them. And in every single one of them, she just gets killed in some way. Um, Although I wondered in the war one, was she the little girl? In the war one, was she the little girl? Yeah, so it showed Trevor as a young, virile man with a full head of hair. Okay. And uh, killed someone that looked like Aeon, which I interpreted to be the mother. Okay. And a man that was taking care of a little girl, which I interpreted to be as the father. Okay. I don't know what episode that is. It's like, it's the one where there's like two stations and like, they're very, it's like early days i guess and mm-hmm. there's like two factions and they're fighting against each other like in a war like that's one of the the like the actual episodes i think it's the third short oh the third short oh leisure maybe no maybe it's the no. first one no it's the very first one the first one's called war yeah but that one is like aeon dies in like the first but what like, if that was seconds. the mother think so because there was a little girl that was left alive by the end yeah because like there was like the big door she opens it looks at the guy and then yeah. she goes like and it goes back, back inside in. yeah and, and and they made a big point of like showing uh when trevor's taking off his mask to show like his hair do you remember yeah. his hair being like giant yeah and it's not otherwise represented that way he's yeah. like almost bald yeah and so i was like oh he's supposed to be a young man here and just killed these two rebels mm-hmm and I interpreted that to be as the parent, as, as her parents. Do you think, but I think, like, especially with the shorts, the fact that she dies in every episode, it makes me believe that she is actually a, a clone? C, like, clones. And yeah. that maybe what it is is that they, because even in that episode, like, they have, like, male fighters and stuff, but they all look alike. Yeah. Right? And I think what it is is that Aeon is one of the female ones, and then there's the male ones, but there's, and she's, like, the little girl who's, like, the 
the like maturing clone or maybe right. her DNA is what's used for the cloning process or something. Right. Yeah. And that's why they're protecting her so heavily. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Because like I was watching the shorts and I'm like, she dies in like the first three seconds. Like she yeah. flips over something, falls down, then she gets shot in the face or whatever. And those, yeah. those angles are ugh, unattractive <laughs> to say the least. And I was really mad that the male agents got to wear a lot of clothes. Um, and I was like, well, if they're all agents and they're all flipping around, distracting people and whatever, shouldn't the male agents be all scantily clad as well? Like that, to me, that would make the most sense. Um, but yeah, like I was like, why? Like it's Aeon Flux and then like, like I understand if she dies in every short, but why would she be the first person to die? And then you see like this whole thing. Is that where the flux part comes into play? Like, so maybe it's not a clone, but maybe it's a fluctuating time frame, like alternate dimensions, all similarly positioned, but just slightly different. So you think there are dim- it's not cloning, it's dimensional well, I think or that, time theory or whatever? Yeah, like, because I, I, I wonder, like, why flux, right? Like, that's not, they no, never refer to her that way. Like, they're never saying, so what is it that's fluctuating? And it's often her and her mortality, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, but like the same situation keeps playing out the same, but slightly varied, mm-hmm. like, meaning like they travel to the future or... Uh, they have different outcomes and, or they don't kill each other this time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I was wondering like, maybe that's the flux part, right? Like maybe it's like a fluctuating, yeah, dimension. Well, that's the thing. It's an like, interdimensional I think, story. I think within <laughs> the actual episodes that might be true, but within the shorts, that's not clear in any way, shape or form. Yeah. You're just like, cause every, like every short is completely different. She dies in completely different ways in every one of them. As I said, like, one of the things I find fascinating about the shorts is that it's it's really good storytelling. And one thing I one, once read was that, especially with, like, film and television medium, is if you can probably tell a story without dialogue, that's how you know you've made a good story, right? Because, like, you can put a movie on mute, you watch the movie beginning to end, and you know the whole story. That's a good you have told the story well, right? And that's the same thing with these shorts. It's like, there's no dialogue, but you know exactly what's happening. She's here. She's been hired to kill this guy. She's about to do it. And then something happens and she dies, right? This one here, she has to go over here to do a thing over here. And she's going to blow up a thing. She got snagged on something. She gets blown up. She dies. And, but you know, no dialogue or no instruction, no nothing. You're not you're just, it's just a one word title. So like the shorts are called like war, gravity, leisure, mirror, tide. That's it. Those are the titles of the episode. You're not giving any direction, but everything is told visually and it's done fantastically. And I was like, I'm really impressed by that. And then I watched <laughs> the show and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> yeah, it's so long. Um, but I was talking to my friend who actually knows a lot about like animated shows and stuff. And even he was saying that apparently one of the reasons why there was a, there was such a big break between the shorts and the actual episodes. So apparently the shorts were released in 1992, but the episodes were released in 1995 was because when they were trying to make the show, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Chung? Peter? Yeah, Peter Chung making the show. O- originally, he was like, no, I want it to be the same way as the short, so there's no dialogue, but it, everything plays out on screen, 
and you see everything. But as you can see in the show, there's so much dialogue yeah. in it. Yeah. And apparently that was like a big area of contention that he was like, no, I don't, this is not the thing I signed up to do. I want to do this thing. And like, there was a big back and forth about it. But of course I think he lost and got all the dialogue. In there. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that um, they didn't believe North American audiences could handle, you know, 20 minutes of silence or 20 minutes of music, but no dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, it did remind me, the the few shorts that I watched, it reminded me of a lot of the, is it the Star Wars Clone Wars that are silent? Yes, by Jen D. Tarnowski. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Yeah, it, I, the, I found like even like the battling and the action, like they reminded me a lot of like, they're very similar to me in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, like just the act- action and the pacing and the silence and yes. the lack of music and like... Uh, they were very, yeah, they're very similar and very well done. Um, that's the thing with, um, um, so that's the thing. Like he also had a hand in, yeah. Jendi also had a hand in Samurai Jack and a lot of Samurai Jack, like the whole series. Yes, there are, there are dialogue heavy episodes, but most episodes are pretty silent. Like it's a lot of like background noises, a lot of like music being played over, but there's very little dialogue in most episodes and they're so vivid and they're so clear and they're so interesting and they're wondrous stories. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of like, cause, cause with, with that, it's like, um, a juxtaposition with, with, um, this weird dystopian futuristic world, but then he's lost in a forest that's just alien and interesting and quiet. And he's just there and, he learns how to jump good. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's a real like like you watch those shows specifically and it's a it's um it's a real like I think th- like I've watched a lot of animated shows in in my life, but Samurai Jack specifically, I think there needs to be like animation courses just based on <laughs> that show because even how they do like simplistic backgrounds foregrounds how they tell the story with just movement in between and all that kind of stuff and like their use of specifically like their use of color back and forth as well fascinates me yeah. i can rewatch that show over and over and over again it's amazing well it's just that really good principle of like don't don't tell me show me right yeah so like yeah. of course in a tv or in a movie if you can get that information across through action like you're achieving your goals. <laughs> I know, but that's one of the biggest problems, especially now, is that they, they don't do that anymore. They, they expect everything to be explained in dialogue. Um, it's one of the reasons why I dislike Westworld, which makes people very angry at me. <laughs> um, because they don't, they don't visualize things very well. They, yes, they have very interesting scenes and they have poignant moments, but a lot of the explanation of what's going on is told in dialogue. And I'm like, but these are clearly things you can visually show. Show it. I'm too busy often when I'm watching Westworld listening to the soundtrack. <laughs> like, in the, the moment they, in the first season where they start playing, it's like a Debussy song and it's called Reverie. Mm-hmm. I knew that's when um, Jeffrey Wright's character was a robot. I was like, oh, they just told us in music. <laughs> <laughs> So I think if you're a bit of a music nerd, then, yeah. then 
Yes, there's a lot of like dialogue they, heavy. No, like they do do interesting <laughs> things in there. Like one of the things I really loved was the fact that when you went into the saloon, the player piano played modern music, but player yeah. piano style. Yeah. And like I would listen to like three notes. I'm like, I know this song. I'm That's like, great oh, that whole song. song. Yeah, <laughs> and it was and it was fantastic. And they do a lot of play on like audio things. Um, and like like I said, visual things on like the the. The actual production quality of the show is very high. It's very, it's another one of those shows that's very pretty to look at. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I just think it's full of itself <laughs> and needs to do its job better. That's just me. So it's fine. It's fine. And I actually really shouldn't continue to, I can't really critique it anymore because I haven't watched any of the second episode of the show. <laughs> Um, no, I watched like half an hour in the second season at some point in time. And I still rolled my eyes a great deal at it. Um, and I didn't watch the whole first season, but I know all of the plot points. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that one coming. Okay, yeah. So the black guy's a robot? Yeah, I saw that one coming. That's fine. I, I knew that from like the third episode. Like, come on. Like, it's not that I didn't try. It just, it's not, it's just not hitting points with me. It's really not. And that upsets a lot of people and I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that's just me. Anyways, okay. yeah. <laughs> but Aeon Flux. Um, right. <laughs> we keep losing track. Of There's the no zombies in a stars board, by the way. No. <laughs> How much uh, further can we get away from the Tommy? No. I don't know. Oh, geez. We got to latchkey kids and stuff. We went far. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, I think we should be good. um so like overall then what what do you what do you think about aeon flux um i think it is a fascinating piece of uh sci-fi material that was like very much of its time yes and and oddly enough still very relatable till today like Mm -hmm. like some of the concepts that it was like like playing in very introductory stages Mm -hmm. but like still still major themes that are being played out in science fiction today. Like Mm. I love the nod to detective fiction with the corruption and corruption and corruption. And, um, and then adding like, uh, replication and clone and technology and robots on top of that. So, and privacy and the falsifying of utopias. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interesting points there. Even if I find like the core central theme of the show problematic, which is an abusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, but I like the female protagonist. I mm. think she's like a badass character and I think she deserves a shot at a, another movie. Maybe you think so. Another, but how about like an animated feature? Okay, I could go for an animated feature because I don't think the way the show is to get that feel and to get that sort of level of weird, yeah, wouldn't age well if it was live action. Yeah, and I want like the director to be like that French Canadian guy who did the second Blade Runner. <laughs> Because hmm. then you'd, you'd have that like weird pacing, right? Like the that slow. is he would definitely have that weird. Yeah, and he's also because that second one thing I liked about that second Blade Runner is the fact that I find I find sequels or remakes right now, despite taking the core theme from the original, leave everything else behind. They make the visuals completely different. They make the characters have different motivations. They 
they just it's just completely different it just forgets everything that comes before it whereas this movie like Blade Runner 2049 was so well thought out that you actually feel uh, what do you call like the time difference yeah, yeah you're like no this is the technology has changed a little bit the views have changed a little bit the characters have changed a little bit but it's all you can see it being in the same world yeah the mise en sauce is the same yeah it's the same and that's one of the things i found amazing about is that they didn't forget the first movie at all and it wasn't just the pacing it was the visuals of it match just slightly upgraded yeah slightly not even shiny or just newer right you know and that's one of the things i found amazing about it one of the things i really really liked about the movie is that no they didn't just make brand new cars and they didn't just make a brand new city they didn't just make a you know a brand new gun yeah. even they were just like, no, how would this evolve here? So the car looks, the car he drives actually looks quite similar to the one in the original movie, but there's just little upgrades to it and just little extra bits to it. His home, that square that's kind of dingy and dark, it's improved and sleek, clean, like cleaner lines to it and stuff like that, but it's very similar, you know? That kind of feeling is there. And that's what I really, really liked about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And even like the central theme, which is like uh, robots having consciousness is Mm -hmm. like then further pushed about like robots having babies. (laughs) And that was was the whole theme about it was the fact that this this cannot get out that robots had babies because then you have to treat them like people. Right. And that's what they wanted to repress. Yeah. Right. And you're just like... But you you have to give them rights. You have to give them... You can't stick them in minds. You can't put them in dangerous situations just because they're robots, you know? They're not slaves to your need. Now you have to be like, no, no. Is this thing going to die if it does this? Then you have to do these 35 things instead. <laughs> you have, have to be, to be accountable. Things, you have to be accountable for it. You have to be liable for it. And <laughs> that's the thing they didn't want because then it's going to disrupt industry and... That's kind of something that's going on in our society today. So <laughs> my iPod has rights. <laughs> if it gets wet, then it has to be put in rice. There you go. It has reproductive rights too. <laughs> Even if mine are fading. <laughs> <laughs> Dark, but hilarious. So true. So true. <laughs> so true. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for coming back and doing the show with Yay, me. Thank you. Um, as usual, had a great time talking about um, Aeon Flux and all of the plethora of uh, discussion points that we managed to hit today. Um, so that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Uh, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send me emails at ohmyshelf at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to be talking about After the Sunset and Akira. Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hope you'll be here to listen.